Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. We all cry for revival. We all ask for an outpouring. We all ask for His Spirit. We ask for salvation. We ask for sanctification. We ask for the greater things. But do we really believe Him? Do we really want it the way He wants to give it? John chapter 7 verse 37 gives us a very strange account that many of us read in passing. We kind of glance over it, but I don't think we grasp the reality of what the Holy Spirit is revealing in it. I want to read you this account and then I want us to really dissect it, to look into it, to bring ourselves into this place and experience it as though we were there. I want you to visualize it. I want you to take part in it. In verse 37, we read, In the last day, in the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So that many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, Of a truth, this is a prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh from the seed of David out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him, and some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priest and the Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have ye not brought him in? The officers answered, Never has any man spoken like this man. Then answered the chief priest and the Pharisees, saying, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed on him? But this people, the ones who do believe him, they know not the law and they are cursed. Nicodemus, that had come to Jesus by night and was among them, said unto them, Doth the law judge any man before he heareth him to know what he is doing? They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. And every man went unto his own house. Let me break this down a little bit. It was the last day of the great feast. Jesus stands in the midst of the people crying, if anyone is thirsty, come unto me and ask, and I will give him rivers of living water that he never have to thirst again. The people present would have understood that he was speaking of a messianic prophecy that he was claiming that an outpouring was coming and that he was the key to receiving it. And a few, just a few people believed that he was the Christ. But because of the chief Pharisees, the rulers and their piety and their pomp, they began to ridicule 
and to slander and to speak down on him. Can anything good come out of Galilee where this man is from? And then they began to cause others to feel like they were belittled if they might actually believe that this could be revival in the making. But it's deeper than what we see because you see these blind Pharisees, they were filled with envy. In fact, the scripture says that because of envy, they sought to kill him. And there's a reason for this. You see, all the signs were there. The season was at hand. All they had to do was ask and they would receive of it. It was the time of outpouring. But they had to ask Jesus to receive, to prove that they truly believe that he is who he says he is and that he can do what he says he can do. Let me bring this story alive for you. You see, the first line says that in the last day of the great feasts, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. So what is this feast? I want to take you there. I want you to stand in the midst of this crowd. You see the feast they're talking about is the Feast of Tabernacles. It literally means the Feast of Booths. It was a time of remembrance where people literally camped out so that they could remember what their ancestors had gone through moving through the wilderness into promise. There were several things that were part of this seven-day ritual, but what I want to draw your attention to was something that was done during New Testament time. It's what Jesus would have experienced. You see, during New Testament times, the priest, for each of the first seven days of the Feast of Tabernacle in Jerusalem, they would go down to the Pool of Shalom in a religious procession, carrying large water jugs. Once at the Pool of Shalom, they would fill the water jugs and come up the steps of the Temple Mount, commemorating the long-expected anticipation of the promise given through the prophet Elisha in the 12th chapter, where he said, And in that day you will say, O Lord, I praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away, and you comfort me. Behold, my God is salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Now you have to understand what the prophet Isaiah is saying. Because the Bible makes it very clear that the earth was smitten with a curse, with a judgment. And it was because that Jesus stepped in, in intercession, to take our place, to stand in the way of that judgment, that he became our salvation. The name Jesus, or Yahshua, in the Hebrew literally means salvation. He will save his people from their sin. He saves. It's what his name means. When we say we believe in the name of Jesus, we are saying we believe that he saves, that he can save us from our sin. This is why the angel, when he came to Mary, he said, you shall call his name Yahshua, Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. His name literally means salvation. And so the prophet Isaiah says, that the Lord's anger was turned away from us and we were comforted and God has become our salvation. I will not be afraid 
For Yah, the Lord, is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you shall draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day, you shall say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples and make mention that his name is exalted. So because of this messianic prophecy, this ritual was added to the Feast of Tabernacles that for seven days the priest would go to the Pool of Shalom and they would fill water jugs full of water from this well and they would carry it up the steps of the temple. And as they approached with the water jugs, the people would burst forth in singing and they would sing the Psalms from Psalms 113 all the way to Psalms 118. I do recommend that you read them. It will bring quite a bit of revelation to the things that the Holy Spirit was saying in this time frame. But as the people were praising the Lord, they would pour these jugs of water out upon the pavement. And as they poured the water out... They were reminded of how God so mercifully provided water in the wilderness out of the rock. And of course, we know that the Bible says, who is a rock save our Lord, which represented Christ and the water that flowed from his side. And so as this water was poured out of these jugs onto the rocks, they remembered how the water poured out of the rock in the wilderness and they remembered the promise that a never-ending supply of water would come from heaven upon the thirsty through the Messiah. They were looking for the coming Christ. And then after seven days of doing this, day after day after day, carrying water from the well in jugs up to the temple, pouring it out on the rocks and looking for the Christ, looking for the Messiah, reminding themselves of the promise that revival is coming. It's been spoken. It's been prophesied. We believe it. We preach it. We speak the rhetoric. We recite the mantras. We sing the songs. We want it. And then on the eighth day, which was the last day, which was also called the great day of the feast, on this day, there was no procession, there was no water jug, there was no priest, there was no outpouring because it was a declaration in faith that God had fulfilled or would fulfill. It was a type and shadow and it was on this day that Jesus stood in this place, this place where the water had been brought up jug by jug, glass by glass by these priests and poured out by the hands of men did the Messiah stand. Revival had walked in. He stood in the midst of a people that had been crying out for revival for seven days, that had been going through the motions, that had claimed so desperately to want it, to believe they were looking for the Messiah. Yet here he stood crying in the midst of them, literally crying out with everything that is within him. I am here. If you will come and ask of me, then I will give you rivers of living water. 
desire. I will give you what you desire. If you will but believe and ask me. Stop going through the motions. Stop depending on men. Stop depending on the production. Stop depending on the prophecies that said it's going to come. And believe that the reviver is here. That I am a real person. If you will believe and ask me. Then I will give it to you. The outpouring is available. But you have to ask for it. Because it's not going to come by production or by the traditions of men. It's only going to come by those who are willing to seek him. Because he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and believe that he truly is God enough to pray and ask him for it personally. To trust that it's going to come. But it's not going to be what you expect. It's not going to be the traditions of men. It's not going to be performance. It's going to be by his own hand. If you will believe and ask him, there is an outpouring. The time is now. The season is now. It is ready to be poured out. They were waiting for the Messiah, but they did not know the time in the season. They were missing their time of visitation that he was standing in the midst of them crying out. I am here now. If you will ask, I will give you to drink. And yet even while he cried out in the midst of this, there were those standing around and some of them recognized, a few of them believed and said, this is the Christ. They were willing to bend the knee. They were willing to pray. But most of them, the priests and Pharisees leading them, said, ignore him. In fact, they wanted to kill him. They were jealous of him. Because if people go directly to him and realize that they have free access to the outpouring, then they won't come to them and their little water jugs for it. And so the priest said, don't listen to him. It's not grand enough. That can't be the right one. That's not the right way. That's not the right thing. He's from Galilee. Can anything good come out of Galilee? He's not grand like us. There's no big temple like what we have here. There's no vanity. There's no pomp. There's no piety. There's no grandeur. That can't be revival. That can't be the outpouring keep coming to us and watch us pour our little water jugs out on the ground watch us go through the motions we'll keep leading you in the cry for revival you keep waiting on it all the while the reviver is crying and the time of their visitation is passing them by And they don't even see it. Blind Pharisees leading blind sheep, missing out on their chance to drink of the very thing that they've been waiting for, of the real outpouring. And it was on this eighth day, as all of this would have been taking place that the people would have sang Psalms 118 and these very words would have been ringing forth in the ears of the Lord. 
Even as Jesus stood in the midst of this situation where the people were looking for the Messiah, they were prophesying and crying out for the reviver. Him standing in the midst of them, crying out, it's me, I'm here. It's available if you will but believe and ask me. And while they are rejecting him, though a few do recognize him, the majority are scoffing. And the preachers are wanting to kill him and discouraging the people from listening to him. In the midst of this, the singers would have been ringing out these words over him, singing Psalm 118. While he stood in the midst of them and said, I am him, if you will believe and receive. And they said, it cannot be because you're too humble. You're too lowly. You're not grand enough. We reject thee. These words reign over him that he is become the rock that the builders rejected and refused yet has he become the headstone of the corner this is the lord's doing it is marvelous in our eyes this is the day which the lord hath made i will rejoice and be glad in it god is the lord which hath showed us light bind the sacrifice with cords even unto the horns of the altar thou art my god and i will praise thee thou art my god i will exalt thee give thanks unto the lord for he is good and his mercy endureth forever they sang the revival song the words were true even as it was being manifested right before them through Jesus. But they still missed the outpouring because their eyes were still on the ministry of men while Jesus himself walked in the midst of them and they missed it. Do you really want revival? Because it is not going to come the way that you expect it, from whom you expect it, out of where you expect it. It never does. It never has. It never will. Because when real revival comes, it's to bring comfort to the comfortless and to make the comfortable uncomfortable in their complacence. It makes the prideful, the arrogant, the comfortable, the pietist, and the spiritually powerless uncontrollably envious. Their true colors show that they don't want to share their glory with another, not even Jesus. They want the people thirsty so that they will continue to come to them, so that they can sell them a sip, so that they can perform with their water jugs one cup at a time, their powerless outpourings, all performance, all show, all ritual, all routine, all while Jesus is standing there crying out, put down the jug, come and ask of me, and I'll give you the river. But they're saying, never mind that man over there, ignore him, has anything good Come from where he's from. Keep searching. Keep waiting. Keep coming to us to save you. God's church was waiting for revival. 
while the reviver was standing right there in front of them, crying out for them to stop depending on the ministries of men and just come to him and ask. And so very few did. But a few was enough for him. 120 in an upper room got the message. They started to ask for it. For seven days in an upper room, they prayed and it came. The river came. It was the fulfillment of Ezekiel's vision of the outpouring of the river of the Holy Spirit of God that would revive the nations. Remember that Ezekiel saw as the temple and out of the door of the temple there was a river flowing and it spread out. And at first it was ankle deep and then it was knee deep and then it was waist deep and then it was waters to swim in. Once it came to the place where it was waters to swim in where you're no longer in control, you're at the mercy of the flow of the river, then it began to bring dead things to life it began to revive and on the shoreline there were trees that were producing fruit and there were many fish because of this this river that was flowing from this temple Jesus was the temple but when he left he sent his spirit to indwell us and on the day of Pentecost this outpouring was presented to us because they were willing to ask for it they weren't looking for men to bring it they weren't looking for performance they weren't looking for piety they weren't looking for the grander things of this carnal world to bring it about they were willing to cry out and ask Jesus they prayed and it came. And because it came, it rested upon them and in them and indwelled them and flowed through them and their bodies became the temple. They became the door that that river was able to flow forth from into all the earth. The outpouring had come upon them so that it could come through them that they might be a witness into all the earth because they were willing to ask for it. Not to perform, not to impress, not to imitate the traditions and ministries of man, but to have enough faith in the one that everybody else rejected, the one standing in the midst of them through the whole process, crying, if you will believe, just ask me and I will do it supernaturally. Do you really want revival? Then ask for it. Do you really want outpouring? Then ask for it. Do you really want the manifest glory of the Holy Spirit? Then ask for it. Do you really want harvest? Then ask for it. Pray, 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 pray. How else are you going to ask for it but pray? For he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Remember the justice of the seeking widow, her persistence, and how she continually asked. And Jesus said, if an unjust judge is willing to answer her prayers because of her faithfulness and persistence, how much more your good heavenly father who desires to pour these things on those he can 
can trust with it, but he needs to know that you recognize where it's coming from, that he is God. And these things are only granted by faith. That's why it says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And those that come to God must recognize that he is God and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God, we seek you today. We ask you today. I see you standing in that marketplace and crying out while all of these services are going on around you and everybody's going through the motions and everybody's crying for Messiah. They're crying for revival. They're crying for an outpouring while they're singing the revival song. While they're saying it won't be long, he's gonna come, he's gonna come. But now is the time of visitation. Now is the season. Know the times and the seasons or you will miss your visitation. It is at hand. It is raining now. If you will cry out and say, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty and I don't need to wait for a priest to pour water out on the pavement for me. I believe in my king that my Messiah has come and I am crying out to you, O Holy One of Israel. Give me a drink. Give me of that river of living waters. Fill me up and pour me out. Let it flow down on me and let it flow through me to all those in doubt that they might see. Make me a witness for your glory. God, I want revival. I want outpouring, but I want the real thing. I want your spirit. I want a drink. And I believe enough in you to know that it will come from you and only you Jesus you are not rejected of me I will be counted among the few that says truly this is Christ our king I'm willing to bend the knee and ask for the greater things for your glory that it comes from you to validate your story that your words are true that it's not gonna come the way we're used to because everything that's been done up until now was just speaking about what will be. But I believe that we are in our time of visitation. I know the time and the season. And I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to bend the knee. Set my eyes on Jesus. And say I'm thirsty. I'm asking for you to release it. Send the river of your Holy Spirit. It's the time of outpouring. So pour it on me. Pour it through me. Lord, use me. I believe in you. That it comes from you. And only you. Prove your words true. I put my faith in Yahshua. For you have become my salvation my hope and my strength, my resurrection, my wellspring, my outpouring. Will you commit to pray, to sit with him today, to talk to him personally and say, I believe you. I will not be counted among those who rejected you and looked for some other way. I believe enough to pray.
Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.